It sounds like the bare minimum for for a teacher to do, but it's really hard. Maybe when I'm bigger, I'll know the difference between. Okay. Um, hello, welcome to the Health Science CTE podcast. Um, I'm Adam Kriz, and my name is Anna Gwen. And the purpose of this podcast is to discuss all things related to health science and education of health science uh, at, at the high school and, and college levels. Um, so I'm totally butchering this intro. Um, it's a start. It's a start. We started somewhere. Yeah, the, we started somewhere. Um, and so um, one of the purposes of this podcast is I want to preview what's going to be going on in my high school classes uh, for, for the week to come and then see how those, uh, what we're going to be talking about can be applied to uh, real life in, in our own lives. Um, yeah. So we'll have to hammer out that intro as we go along, but forget it. This, this, yeah. this train's moving now. Um, it's that's, a warm up. The, that's right. That's going to be the theme of this school year. We're just going to, we're just going to charge ahead. Um, Anna, how, can, let, let's start by kind of like introducing ourselves a little bit. Can, sure. can you just talk a little bit about like who you are and, and what you're up to? Sure, sure. So hi, um, I am currently a, I guess I'm in that weird phase where I have already graduated college. I graduated uh, last May, so May 2021. Um, and I'm in the process of applying to grad school. I am still in school and you're like what are you doing in school um i'm doing prerequisites taking prerequisite classes for grad school so it's like i never really graduated you know um yeah i worked with adam my senior year um in my capstone project where i had to teach um virtual labs um for np through zoom so that was very interesting yeah and we should say your senior year in college at, at pacific University. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. I should mention I, I go to Pacific University. I like totally <laughs> blanked that out. Um, but yeah, so that's where I am. That's where I am. Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I was born and raised there. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, very cool. And I, th I think you're such, you're, you're like the perfect co-host for this because you are you're right in the thick of establishing your, your professional career because, and you're working right now as well as you're as you're taking your your what post bachelor credits or yeah yeah so yeah. like adam said i am working i for the past year i've been working at the hospital right so this is probably like the best yet worst time to be working at the hospital um as someone who doesn't have a like professional license um so i work inpatient and i work with physical therapists and occupational therapists um and together we just kind of um you know help inpatients uh, get better so they can discharge and continue their rehab journey elsewhere so and so uh, so it's a, an inpatient would be someone who's checked into the hospital and is, is like yeah. spending the night in, in the hospital is that they are, typically yeah, they are admitted into yeah. the hospital yes They're admitted into the hospital mm -hmm. um so very cool and so you, and so you're a PTOT assistant yeah um, rehab yeah. aid yep rehab aid 
So very cool. And, and what are you wanting to go to grad school for? So I'm currently applying um, to go to occupational therapy school. So oh, that's all. I love occupational therapy. Yeah, it's great. It's, I, it's very different from PT. So just, just keep that in mind, friends. <laughs> what I know we're probably getting a little bit off top. What is the biggest difference between occupational therapy and physical therapy? Um, I think it's the goals, right? So this is probably oversimplified and somebody might call me out on it, but um, with PT, right, their main focus is on strengthening and mobility, right, getting you back um, to baseline. And then occupational therapy is all about like kind of purpose of that strengthening and um, mobility, right? So like get, getting back to your baseline to do what you want to do or like the things that you've always wanted to do, right? So like occupations, essentially. I love that. This, that. That's a really nice way of describing that distinction. Um, I heard, yeah, I heard someone the other day like describe it. I can't remember where I saw it. Um, someone described it as physical therapy is from below the waist. Occupational therapy is above the waist. Yeah. And no, no that's, right. That, like, that's yeah. a very, yeah, that's a very limited and very uh, poor description of the difference because PT also works with upper body and then OT also works with lower body, right? Like toileting. We don't toilet from our armpits friends so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well that's a nice little anatomy tidbit right there yeah. that we were yeah, a little fact where you just throw out throughout to people yeah. um yeah and it seems like occupational therapy has more of a cognitive piece to it and, and a court like a more of a coordination piece to it is that fair to say somewhat I mean like PT also does that has that as well um right because you know with coordination and cognition right that's how you're able to you know function and like things like that but it's yeah I guess that's true I mean the the two professions work together closely so you know I understand that there are like you know overlaps or many overlaps um so yeah each professional will have a different distinction between PTs and OTs um but I, yeah, I think it's just like function versus purpose. It's, I think the best I can deliver. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, and so, uh, you know, as far as I'm, I'm, I guess I didn't say what I, what I do. Um, so yes. I'm, I'm a high school teacher. Um, and so I teach the helmets. <laughs> <laughs> one for one. All right, there we go. Uh, so I teach the, the health science classes at Forest Grove High School here. And so that the, the classes I teach include med, uh, anatomy and physiology, medical terminology and exercise physiology. There's also another teacher that teaches a health occupations class, which is part of the health science CTE program. Um, and there's there, we have a HOSA club, um, awesome. part of the health science CTE program. And so, so that's what I do. And so right now I'm teaching three courses of anatomy and physiology, which is the first course in the series. So that one's open to sophomores. And then um, teaching two sections of medical terminology and one section of exercise physiology. And so um, I'm really wanting to do this podcast with you because I think education is, is changing. I noticed today was my very first day teaching and I think education is changing. And I think being able to reach a, a, a large audience and um, being able to have parents be able to see what's going on in the classroom and, and know the people that are teaching their kids, I think is going to be really important for education moving on. And I like doing podcasts and yeah, anyway, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun being able to like you being doing your senior project over zoom. 
like it was it was so much fun like like having that experience with you that a, a podcast kind of seemed like a it natural was. it fit. was yeah. we, we've learned that we like to talk I remember many countless like days where I would show up you know on zoom and then like an hour in we're just like having a full-blown discussion about something similar to ANP but not quite ANP and so it was just fun and then students love to listen in and chime in so that was that was a yeah great they would slowly come out of the breakout rooms from zoom yeah. and like just like start listening into our conversation as as we're having it and and that sort of stuff which really makes it sound like I wasn't teaching but they had things that they were doing like it was uh, yeah anyway. no it was it was a, it was a good discussion it was it was encouraging discussion and that is teaching yeah yeah sure we'll go with that um <laughs> It was definitely, I think, I think it was definitely valuable teaching over Zoom. The, the Zoom experience, I think, was, was really um, challenging for, for a lot of people. Some things I did like about it, I liked getting a view into, into students' lives a little bit more, which sounds creepy. Um, but it was, it was really interesting for me. The other thing I really liked is knowing that there was an audience other than the student. I knew that they had siblings there. I knew their parents, you know, were there. Um, and so I kind of liked this idea of having a bigger audience that it, what, whatever I was saying, there'd be other people listening to it, which is, a, which I kind of, that's one of the reasons I'm trying to do this podcast or we're trying to do this podcast is that we can, we can play that up. I, I like having a, a window in, into my students' homes, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's fun so. to engage in conversations a little bit outside of like school material, you know? Oh Yeah. Um, but man, I tried lecturing for the first time, or, you know, like trying to teach today for, for the first time. It's the first day of school. And so I just had like these goofy lectures and I, I, my only goals were to make sure students can get on the website, you know, can they sign in and take the quiz? And then I was just going to practice lecturing, um, cause I haven't done it in a really long time. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like is different or what do you feel like is challenging? Um, there, there's a couple of things that I normally feel at the beginning of the school year where just being physically, um, it, it's, it's physically effortful to stand and project your voice for three 90 minute walks. And I'm sure like there's plenty of people listening. Well, hopefully there's plenty of people listening to this, but I'm sure there's people listening to this like, yeah, standing and talking is not hard. What I do for a living is hard. And yes, I'm sure that's true. Um, but it's just such a big shift from like coming off a summer break and then I, I'm standing and projecting. And so it's just that kind of exhaustion that you get over, over the course of the class. But I think the biggest thing that I noticed that was a challenge for me this time is I think I did a decent job lecturing. I think that's, that wasn't a problem. But the, the last 18 months has changed me. Yeah. Like I don't look for the same things for feedback that I did before. Like there's something about being on Zoom and not having all the students have their cameras on. I look for different feedback now. And then I realized that I was looking for eye contact and posture like I normally do, which feels really great when students' eyes are on me. But I also kind of know that like, that's not a very good accurate way of, of assessing students. And so it wasn't as satisfying for me today to just give my normal lectures. Wow. It was, it was kind of interesting. Like, interesting. I think over the last 18 months, I've become a better teacher, or at least hopefully. Like, I'm at least questioning what I'm doing in the classroom a lot more. 
No, and I agree. I think a lot of professors and students kind of learned a lot from the Zoom process of like what helps them or what is, what are the key components that help them learn, you know, in class that has been stripped away and uh, what does work for them online. And so, yeah, I learned a lot as a student going through Zoom. Um, I mean, so what is it? My spring semester junior year was when uh, COVID hit. And so we transitioned in the middle of the semester or pretty like early in the semester, like online. Um, and yeah, I realized that being just with my peers helped me learn and being at home was not it. Um, so yeah, and then I learned a lot about what I needed to be successful, you know, going through online school. And so um, I needed, to, I realized environment played a huge role for me. So once I returned from my senior year, I still opted for um, kind of remote schooling, but I was in Forest Grove instead, um, leasing a house. And so being able to control my own environment, I was a better learner. Um, so yeah, I just think it's just fascinating what students and teachers and like anybody or essentially the whole population learned when they transitioned onto zoom and online communication yeah i think it's going to be an interesting transition as everyone thinks we're getting back to normal <laughs> and i don't think there's going to be a back to normal i think i i think it's i i think expectations are going to be blown apart here in the next couple of weeks i think yeah. there's going to be some unforeseen events that happen that are going to like shape this year's um teaching i think i think it's going to be kind of interesting yeah um, but uh well let's see um well now 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 where should we take this do you, do you want to hear what i talked about today yeah tell me sure tell me okay about today. um so well i maybe today might not be that, that interesting today i i tried so you you were involved with my lecture that i did last year going from kind of like the atomic level and just at each stage working up and eventually we get to the whole organism. Right. So, um, so I had medical terminology and exercise physiology today. So most of the students have already heard that lecture. And so I wanted to give a lecture that wasn't terribly consequential. I know there's going to be still students coming in and out of my classroom for the next couple of days. And so I don't want anything terribly consequential. And so I tried to reorder kind of similar themed lecture. So I kind of started from the big bang and had it be a chronological, um, thing. And so I went from the big bang, uh, 13.8 billion years ago, and then just kind of walked through the formation of all the atoms in the universe, how, how those formed. Mm -hmm. um, do you know how atoms formed in the universe? No, no, it's fascinating. So only four different elements were formed during the big bang helium, hydrogen, and a little tiny bit of lithium and barium, the, the four lightest elements on the, on the periodic table. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so then what happened? So uh, the universe cools down and like, I think it's after like a hundred million years or something like that. Uh, um, these clouds of, of hydrogen gas start to um, condense because of gravitational forces. And they eventually condense and be become so massive, they create stars and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so fusion starts happening in these really giant stars where um, hydrogen turns into helium, helium combines and turns into, I can't remember, carbon, carbon combines. And, and so these really giant, huge stars of these hydrogen gases 
um, or and helium gases um, start becoming the furnaces that start creating all the other elements in the universe. And he's really giant. Yeah. And so big stars burn out and explode way faster than smaller stars. And so the types of stars we're talking about are like a, a hundred times bigger than our sun or a thousand times bigger than our sun. Yeah. And so they would go through nuclear fusion, explode, and then all those other elements would be this big dust cloud. And that dust cloud is apparently where our solar system formed. And so all those different little atoms and stuff like that is what formed our solar system and our sun and, and that sort of stuff. And that's why we have all these different elements on planet Earth and that sort wow. of stuff. So we, we are all made of stardust. That's, you know? that's your inspirational yeah. quote of the day. We're all made of stardust. You're special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're all made from, from uh, yeah, the products of exploding supernovas, which is, which is, I don't know. Pretty That's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So our, and so our universe formed like 4.8 billion years ago. We talked a little bit about how big a million, billion, and trillion were. Do, do you remember that? Like, do you remember how long a million seconds is? Um, well, a million seconds, like what, 11 days or something? Right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's like 11 and a half days. Nice. And then how long? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then a billion, a billion seconds or whatever is like years, like 31 years. Yeah. That's, my like that's not conceptual to me no no a million seconds isn't conceptual to me either but i mean i could at least yeah. imagine you know like 11 days a little bit you know but yeah the difference between a million and a billion blows my mind yeah like, and and therefore a trillion is so a million seconds 11 days a billion seconds is 31 years therefore a trillion seconds which is a thousand billions would be 31,000 years. Yeah, no. That's see, how long yeah. a trillion seconds is. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. You know, the market share of Apple, I think, or how much Apple's worth past a trillion dollar. I think it's $2 trillion now. Like, yeah, and apparently we owe like a trillion dollars somewhere. And I'm just like. Oh, the United States, our national debt, I think is in the 20 trillions. Like how 28 you, trillion or something. Like, how do you conceptualize the amount of money you owe like you, anyway I just, that's just mind-blowing to me that's that's so many zeros that's a lot of zeros it's a lot of zeros and completely incomprehensible to us yeah you know and, and so and we have a hundred trillion cells in our body which is and they all work together almost flawlessly you know yeah. like what if one of those hundred trillion cells decides to just start reproducing on its own we call that cancer yeah Right. And so, so all those hundred trillion cells are working together flawlessly to, to keep us moving and being here. And it's, it's incredible. Um, so anyway, that's kind of, that's kind of what we, we talked about today in uh, medical terminology. And then exercise physiologists talked about these like cognitive biases that we have um, and, and kind of mess around with that. That was at the end of the day. I think students were tired. I was tired. You're <laughs> so, like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so, and then tomorrow I have just anatomy classes and we're just going to talk about, um, you know, go from atoms all the way up through the human body system and, and, and beyond and stuff like that. So, and see if they can log in and take a quiz.
Yeah. And then I'll, I'll figure out next week. <laughs> right. We'll get there. <laughs> Sunday. Next, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out next week when we get there. But no, yeah, mm. the human body is super cool. Um, it's it's super fascinating. The more you learn about it, the more you're just like, whoa, like it's just super cool. I I like teaching these classes because I never hear when am I ever going to use this. Mm-hmm. Right. When, you, when you're talking about the human body, everyone says, okay, that's instantly applicable because it's, it belongs to me. Yes. That is, that is how the eye works. I have an eye. I, I know how it applies. Right. When you know about the human body, essentially, you know more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not only do you know more about yourself, you also know more about other people. And the other exactly. thing, like culturally, what I really like about teaching these classes is we're constantly talking about what's the same between people. We're talking about similarities, like what is true of all people. You know, the anatomy is really the study of all the different parts of people that are true or that, that, are, that are common between everybody. Yeah. And I really like that aspect of it. I think there is an equity kind of flavor to, to these anatomy classes too. Where, flavor, I like that. Like yeah. That. And so, um, yeah. As far as, yeah, I've no, as far as next week goes, um, as far like, I know, I know we said that we're supposed to be pre previewing what, what's going to be happening for the week to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have a rough idea what's going to, what's going to happen to anatomy. We're, we're going to start um, checking out the equipment and working with the clay to build these clay models, uh, medical help. terminology. Yeah. We're going to start learning the basics of word structures, um, exercise physiology, um, we're going to be um, talking about um, the, the beginnings of principles of exercise um, nice. And, nice. And, and just kind of the real basic sort of stuff. There's some exciting stuff with exercise physiology. I should have, my classes should have a bit of a budget this year and PCC is donating a metabolic cart. So we could That's do so theoretically cool. do, yeah, it's very cool. So we can start doing like VO2 max testing. Um, the track coaches said they'd be interesting to, interested in like, having us test their runners to see, you know, to, to see what their VO2 max is and, and that sort of stuff. It's going to, it's going to take some time and, and some more equipment to get that up and running, but I really want the, the exercise physiology um, students to really focus on doing a lot of the exercise testing sort of stuff and, yeah, and get really good at that. Really grasp the, the principles because I took um, exercise phys for the first time and like the only time in college and um I think that was during COVID. And so it was really hard to kind of grasp and like utilize principles, right? Cause like exercise space is very applicable. Like you can apply it in, uh, to yourself, to others and like really know about your capacity for like how much oxygen you breathe or how much oxygen your cells use and stuff like that. Um, so it's really cool. And that's really awesome that PCC is donating you guys a metabolic cart. Yeah, and, and I, I'm really excited for students to be able to put on their resume that they can, they can take someone's VO2 max following a Bruce protocol. I, I mean, you're, you're working a hospital setting. Does that sound like it'd be something impressive yeah. I mean, for, for an employer to, to read about, you know, to see on a resume or. Yeah. Hard skills. Definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, to, to know how to use a metabolic cart, but a metabolic cart, not even that, but just like knowing how to apply principles that, you know, um, to real patient care is very valuable. Um, I know that there are hospitals around 
Portland area that are looking for exercise specialists. So students that, you know, understand this and once they graduate from college or even like, or not college, from high school, and even potentially like right now, if they applied, I'm pretty sure they would be very keen on um, the, the skills that students have. So yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it even just helps students like, um, like apply and get scholarships or get into the school that they want. If just little stuff like that will kind of make them stand out on different applications and, oh, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, because hard skills and having like, it's just having these on your resume is just proof that you're able to apply what you've learned. Right. Cause it's easy right. to say, yeah, I took an exercise for this class, but like, okay, can you apply it? And so, right. Yeah. And there's probably no subject that has more like quackery. I think that's the appropriate word than like the fitness industry. Like there's more gimmicks and yes, you know, yes. like different supplements or machines or something like that. It's supposed to be the yes. cure all for, for fitness. That is and a so great I really, point. Yes. Yeah. I really want students to like really collect hard data, um, hard numbers when, when it comes to exercise just as a way of like being skeptical about a lot of these different mm -hmm. products and, and programs and fads that, that exactly yeah too. to build on top of that right like here at PACU right I I majored I should mention this I majored in and graduated with a degree in kinesiology I should probably mention that <laughs> um and yeah, like in kinesiology, well, at the time, it's just called exercise science. Um, but we looked at, you know, psychosocial factors involved in exercising. We talked about nutrition and like, you know, the fad diets that happen. And I have a peer who did his entire senior project on, um, where he wrote a meta-analysis on um, workout like proteins, like uh, supplements and, you know, does whey protein actually, you know, according to data, help with building muscle? What about creatine and things like that? Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome. Like that you mentioned. Well, what did that you paper. find? Um, that's a great. You got question. me. You got me hooked. That's a great question. I think. I think. Um, learning from my nutrition professor, she, she said that creatine definitely has data um, and case studies that support that it does help build muscle and then all the other ones don't. So as of right now, creatine is your, should be your go-to, but don't take it from me. Obviously do your research. Um, my friend, I did, I didn't ask him because like we have our first guest. Anatomy. Yeah, I, honestly, I can just call him, but um, yeah, we were in advanced anatomy together. And so I asked him about his capstone um, and I just didn't get an answer because we started working on cadavers. So yeah. Well, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. But dead, dead bodies get in the way sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. dead bodies do get, get in the way of things. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. So, so my, my coach in college, so I went to University of Oregon. And so I majored in what was called exercise and movement sciences. The year after I graduated, they changed it to human physiology, which sounds way cooler. Um, and, then, and then went to graduate school. Um, at U of O for cardiac rehab. And so I, I became a clinical exercise physiologist and got certified through uh, the American College of Sports Medicine. Um, and then I figured out I don't like hospitals and became a teacher. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens. So it, it, yeah, that, that's what people tell me. And so, but when I was at University of Oregon, I was on the track team as a hammer thrower. And so my coach, um, who, was, who was a pretty knowledgeable guy, um, 
he recommended taking creatine. Um, this is when I was out, out of college. And he, he was telling me that they figured out, and I have no, I don't know if this is necessarily true. Uh, they figured out that creatine would help because it was a byproduct of people taking steroids. And so as people took steroids, they noticed their creatine phosphate levels increased. And so they said, well, what if we just leave out the steroids with all the side effects and just use the creatine phosphate? So. Good. Nice to know. I didn't know that. And well, and it could be, that could be total misinformation. And I, I told my students specifically in class to not believe what I say. Um, be skeptical about everything you say. I said, I do my research. I try to make sure I, I get all the right information and I work really hard to make sure everything I say is 70% accurate. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and the thing is like, you know, things always change, right? Like everybody's always learning something new. There's always data supports other points, stuff like that. So yeah, you know, may, maybe what you said is accurate. Like earlier. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's always great. Um, to research, just, just research, do your own research. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's really important because I don't know where I got my information. It could have been from a Simpsons episode. You know, there's a lot of, I, because I can't, I've been, I've been saying the same thing so many times throughout the years and teaching the same things. I can't remember where I, I originally learned the thing and did it just worm its way into, you know, from speculation in my brain to just solid fact and okay. stuff like that. So yeah. And so one of the things I've done over the last year was I kind of really tried to go through all the stuff that I teach and see <laughs> if it actually is, is factual. It sounds like the bare minimum for, for a teacher to do, but it's really hard. Um, just because yeah, you make, yeah. Cause you make lecture slides from, you know, I made lecture, I used lecture slides from five years ago that I very well could have copied from someone else who made them 15 years ago and mm -hmm. you just kind of lose track of where that information came from and it's probably right, close right. enough but I don't yeah I don't want students injecting themselves with I don't know horse tranquilizer because they think it's going to clear up their acne or whatever you know it's like uh, that might hit a little too close to home for um, oh, <laughs> once you said horse I was like oh no <laughs> yeah yeah are you talking about the, the ivermectin controversy yeah mm -hmm. yeah i don't even know yeah i maybe we should just avoid that we'll just cut this part out or or we, we can just save it for when we talk about the immune system you know what i mean like that's... yeah i was gonna say i don't even have, have any comments on it um here, the, here here's the one comment that, that i can make if i go to the doctor and the doctor says oh yeah this is what's wrong with you and this is what you should take right um, I believe them. I don't question it. I don't look it up. I don't do my research. I'm like, oh, well, you're a doctor, you know. And so I do have a lot of sympathy for people who look up on the internet, they find a doctor and the doctor says, oh, ivermectin is, it, you know, this medication is good for this purpose. You should take it, you mm -hmm. know, like, cause I don't question the doctor when I go into his office. And so I don't know, I, I do have some sympathy for people who look up stuff on the internet. They find a doctor who says, something and they believe them i don't know how good my doctor is yeah right i hope they're like, really good because right because essentially all doctors are practicing medicine right it's 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 a practice um and not more of a like a 
a definitive thing is I guess what I'm trying to say. So yeah, like. Yes, and doctors, doctors make mistakes. I do wanna say this though too. Um, yes, doctors make mistakes. There's no other person I would rather have in that position than a doctor. Yeah. I, just because my doctor might make a mistake, that doesn't mean I want to change him out for, for the plumber, right? Yeah. Or a bake. I don't want to have a baker or someone from Starbucks or, take or over a for the doctor. to tell you what to do, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, just because doctors get it wrong sometime doesn't mean that that their whole degree my, just goes out the door, you know? So how about this? My, my doctor has a significantly higher chance of getting medical questions correct than I do or anybody I know. And so I'm better off playing the odds and betting that my doctor is going to be correct as yeah. opposed to trusting a barista or... Your local, your local, um, your local, what is it? Housewife, you know, or like... Anyway. Yeah. Trust my mom. No, yeah. I'm not going to listen to my mom when it comes to, to medical stuff. Like, and so my doctor just has the highest probability of getting it correct. And yeah. so anyway, like, I, anyway, I, I, I hear that often. It's like, well, doctors get stuff wrong all the time, it, which could be true. I don't sure what it means all the time, but yeah. which could be true. It doesn't mean we shouldn't listen to them. Right. It means they have, they, this is a profession that has the best chance of getting it right. Yeah. And, and if doctors get it wrong all the time, who are we supposed to listen to about medical issues? Right. You know, is it the same people that sell the, uh, you know, the thigh master, you know, like, I, I don't the, know the what thigh master. What? I just know that I think it was Jane Fonda used to sell. It's, it was a, it was a exercise um, oh, thing where okay. it would, you would squeeze your knees. It was oh, a, okay. basically like this. Okay. Like, yeah, an adductor machine. Okay. It's an adductor machine. Yes. There you, you go. Adduct okay. your legs. So I was really... like, is this, is this a, a, a food item? I was like, <laughs> not sure. I was like, what? Uh, oh, that's cute. We came across our first generational divide. Look at that on the first oh, wow. episode. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was just like, excuse me. But no, I mean, that makes sense. A thigh master. Yeah. Because there's the stair master. Right. Okay. Stair master. Right. You know, and so anyway, I, anyway, but I, I think you can also, anyway. Yeah. I, I think when the time rolls around, we can just talk about, you know, what stories are out there and um, kind of just share what science says. I don't know. You know, you, th that's probably a topic that hopefully we can bring in. It, it'd be fun to bring in someone from the health department or something like that to actually, or, or that's, that's where I think we need to bring in guests. Yeah, do you because think, really, do you think we could pull an interview with Fauci? Probably not. I think he's a little busy. <laughs> he's a little, um, busy. a little busy. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're a little further down on the list past CNN um, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever show. But I'll bet you a Washington County Health Department. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, talk to our local doctor and be like, hi, are you free? <laughs> we should. Uh, yeah, it's, we we should we should have a doctor come on and see see. I I would be scared. So if I was a doctor, just mm -hmm. so as a teacher, I wouldn't want to give med or a teaching or sorry education advice to everybody that could potentially be listening to me. Like I would feel very uncomfortable with that. Like I don't know what 
educational needs each individual student necessarily has. And so I don't know, I'd be kind of awkward as a doctor just to be like, oh yeah, this is what, I don't know. I'm not it's sure hard. I think it's, it's hard, right? Because like um, there's a collective goal towards something and obviously there are different, like when, especially when it comes to healthcare or like just, you know, personal health, right? Everybody is different. Everybody um, has their own unique complications or like unique necessities with their health mm-hmm. and so it's hard to just be like yeah everybody needs this everybody needs that right or like categorically co- comp- um, putting people into like specific diseases and disorders like oh you all need this and you all need that so yeah it's hard so I think having to basically blanket the whole U.S. and be like you guys need to do this it's hard it's difficult it, to be in it's very hard but what's kind of cool is there's professionals that do it I mean, that's what a public health professional, that's their thing. It's like, what, what can we tell the whole population to do? That's going to make the whole population healthier. Yeah. And and if you were with me and Adam last year, we did a game about epidemiology. So we did. That's right. That's fun. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And so how, how this is going to apply, what we've been talking about next week. I don't know. I'm going to try this whole year. I'm just going to keep trying to make, or get my students to try to think critically mm-hmm. about things. And, and I, I, that's going to be, I just want my students to be very skeptical and, yeah. and really try to think through things and try to assess risks um, accurately and make predictions accurately and, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, Adam, I think that's a great thing to consider for our podcast. We should probably think about questions we want to ask and answer or have your students put um, questions in for us and then we'll just spend a whole episode talking about it. Like how to access risks? Like what are risk factors that we can talk about in science? Oh, see that that has been, um, assessing risk and making predictions has been my little pet project for like the last year. Because yeah, because I don't think we do it in education very well. And so- We have a new platform, Adam. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Well, that'll be fun. It'll be yeah. fun to see, see where this goes. Should we? Um, I don't mind keeping this relatively short. Yeah, I think this is short. Great. Should we? Yeah, I think we could shut her down now. Yeah. Are you okay. Yeah. If I you're, if, yeah. What's to, uh, to anybody that is actually listening, um, let us know what you look forward to hearing from us. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure I should say something like you can. So I, I do have an Instagram. The the my classes have an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably just get one for this class, but if you can follow on Instagram and I'll post stuff, I'll post the episode on Instagram, um, at F G H S underscore health underscore science is, is where we are on Instagram. And I don't know, we'll, we'll figure everything else out, uh, as we go. So thanks for tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll, we'll nail down the outro too. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. What, are we trying to do this every week? Um, as much as necessary, Adam. Like if some if some days or if some weeks it's just like there's just no content, that's fine. Maybe we can do a different podcast episode and just talk about something random. Who knows? Well, let's just probably try it every week. We'll, see how it goes. Yeah. Well, weekly, roughly weekly. Yeah. We're, we're going to try to do this. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, and someone who loves me for me
I'm selfishly in love 